Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this episode today, which is all about productivity and more specifically, the tips and tricks that I have learned in my own life to dramatically increase my productivity. Now, I don't often like to toot my own horn, but when it comes to productivity, I really feel like I have a really good grasp on this skill. If they were giving out grades for productivity, I'm pretty sure that I would get an A+, but I promise you it has not always been this way. When I say that productivity is a skill, I should stress that it's a skill that can be learned by anyone. So being productive is not a personality trait that you're born with. It's instead a skill that you learn to develop over time by practicing. Now, I myself spent way too many years in the past wasting my time on things that didn't matter. And a lot of procrastinating too. I would have the perfect excuse why I couldn't do something. I would waste days dreaming of doing something without actually taking action and doing the work. I was the perfect dreamer. It couldn't work out how to translate that into actually becoming a doer. But when it hit me that I was in total control of my own time and the days and the way that I chose to view specific tasks is difficult versus easy to do. And when I learned the real importance of taking baby steps, that was when things completely shifted for me. In that one year when I decided that I was going to do my best to be more productive, I was focused enough to write and publish eight books. And I later got so good with my focus and time management skills that I was able to write 35,000 word books in 10 days or less. I'm not kidding. And I did not do it just once. I've done it multiple times. For the first 18 months of my blogging business, I consistently wrote and published at least 20 articles a month. And this was in addition to all my other work tasks. Back then, I still had a job. I'm a mum of two kids. Life is busy, but I made it a priority to do what needed to be done. And just even consider the fact that I launched this podcast from scratch with zero experience in 10 days with five podcasts going live. So in this episode today, I'm going to share with you my top five tips for productivity that help me personally get the most out of every day. And so with that in mind, let's start with tip number one, and that is decide that it isn't too hard. Decide instead that it is possible. So one of the reasons that people procrastinate, I find, is that they secretly think that the task they set to do is just too hard. So I'm going to use the example of writing a book. I've written lots of books now, over 20 books. And when people ask me how I do it, I say it's because I find the process to be easy, especially when you take baby steps. Let's just say that if you wanted to write a 40,000 word book and you were just to write 1,000 words a day, it would take you 40 days to finish the book. And if you were to double your input to 2,000 words a day, which is totally realistic and feasible when you set your mind to it, your book draft would be complete in 20 days. Now, if you're a writer who dreams about writing, You need to know that if you were to just write one page a day, that would equal 365 pages by the end of a year. So from the outset, when people hear this goal, okay, I'm going to write a book. For whatever reason, they think that it's a really difficult thing to do, that it's almost impossible. But I'm here to share with you that it definitely isn't. It's definitely feasible and it's definitely doable, especially when you break it down into baby steps. 
So you just need to decide that whatever goal that you want to achieve, whether it is going for a run in the morning or setting up business, that goal actually isn't as scary as you paint that picture to be. You need to make a conscious decision in your head that it is possible, that it is doable and there's no reason why you can't do it. It's simply a thought that you have. You need to replace your old thoughts of, oh no, I can't do that with a new thought. You have to consciously choose to think, of course I can do it. Of course, writing a book is easy. It can be done. You just have to follow the steps. So instead of thinking that something is impossible, you can choose to think that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. And this decision that you make applies to any goal you have, whether it's a business-related goal where you're growing a new business or a health-related goal where you're trying to lose some weight perhaps or get more fit. The same rule always apply. You first must decide that it's a doable goal. Even if it seems big and scary, that's fine. Just as long as you understand it is doable. If others in this world have achieved that goal before you, there is no reason why you can't do it too. And when you shift your perception of thinking of things as being impossible to understanding that anything is possible for you, this is when you can actually get to work on taking action. Instead of sabotaging yourself before you even get up to begin, before you can even try, if you think that things are impossible, you are making it so much more difficult for yourself. And this brings me to tip number two, stop making excuses, my friend. Honestly, this is the reason why so many people struggle with being productive. They are too busy making excuses instead. The first thing that we need to do to become more productive is stop making those excuses that aren't helping you in any way. What you really should be doing is making an effort and not another excuse that keeps you stuck. Now, I know all the excuses because I probably said many of them to myself and they include things like, I haven't got the time or today is not the right time or I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too busy doing something else instead or I actually just need to plan a little bit more or, well, you know what? I'm actually not even sure if that's what I really want to do anymore or I don't have the right connections, I don't feel ready my priority is something else right now. It's too risky. Can I even afford it? Or when people try to convince themselves, you know what, it's actually not that important. Or people are worried, well, what, what about if things go wrong? Or they say to themselves, I need to do more research. I'm actually not smart enough. I haven't found my motivation yet. I'm still looking for it. Or I can't help it because I'm easily distracted. Or I love this one. So-and-so says that that isn't a good idea. Or I just need more feedback. Or my all-time favorite is, I will do it tomorrow. So now to you, some of these might actually sound like totally valid reasons why you can't chase a dream today or why you can't spend your day more productively. But I want you to recognize that these reasons, you're calling them reasons, but they're actually just thinly disguised excuses. And here is the thing about those excuses. They do not help you in any way. In fact, those excuses are holding you back. Now, I'm sure that you've heard all the popular quotes about excuses before. It's things like, well, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. And if it's not, you'll find an excuse. Or there's, you know, it's not about having time. It's about making time. And if that truly matters to you, then you will make the time. So here's the thing. In order to become more productive and start actually taking action, you need to give yourself a tough talking to. I myself, I had to give myself that tough talking. I really did. I knew that those excuses weren't helping me in any way. I knew I needed to stop making excuses. And the first step was to start by recognizing that they, hey, they aren't actually reasons. They are excuses. You have to see excuses for what they are. For me, these excuses were keeping me stuck. They were causing me to lose confidence in my ability. 
and they were keeping my dreams away from me for yet another day and I didn't have that time to waste and those days were slowly turning into months and years. I started to realize that I wasn't doing myself any favors by holding tight onto these excuses. Rather than being some really cool floating device, they were actually more like a heavy anchor. And when I held onto it tightly, I was sinking pretty quickly to the bottom of that ocean. And if I wanted to free myself of that anchor, I needed to cut those ties and swim away from those excuses. I needed to start to see those excuses as lies. Because as Arnold Schwarzenegger once so wisely said, you can have results or you can have excuses, but not both. So you need to be stronger than your excuses. You need to understand that even though we all say we don't have time, time is actually the only thing that we really do have right now and we get to decide what to do with it. So not everything is created equal in this world, but when it comes to time, we all get those same 24 hours, the seven days a week, the 365 days a year, and we get to choose how to spend that time. That's right. You get to make a choice. You are in charge of your timetable, even though you might sometimes feel as if you're at the beck and call of it. Many of us are under this illusion that we're controlled by our diaries, but we forget that we consciously choose to add things to those diaries ourselves. We do it. We pencil them in. Even commitments like work, if we don't like our work, we might feel like we're forced to go to that job. But remember, at one point in time, you took on that job because you thought that was a really good way to provide an income for your family. You made a decision, maybe you don't like it now, but it's a decision that you chose to have. And remember, you could choose to leave your job now if you wanted to. You could choose to ditch all the extracurricular activities for your kids. You could choose to stop cooking really time-consuming meals for your family. And you could cook microwave meals instead if you wanted to. You, my friend, are in control of your timetable. And once you take out the hours spent on sleeping and working on the essential tasks, you get to decide what to do with that spare recreational time. Remember, I'm saying it again, we all have the same 24 hours a day. Whether you are Oprah or the president or some celebrity or the little kids playing out with friends in the street, whatever the case, we all get 24 hours. And what really matters is how you choose to spend that time, the time that you have at your disposal, especially your free time left over after all those most important obligations that you've consciously chosen to commit to are completed. So let's now have a conversation about my third tip getting really clear on your goals. So after you decide that your goals are in fact possible and that you're in charge of your own time and you stop making those excuses, you need to get really clear on what you actually want to achieve in your life. So what do you actually want to achieve each day that will make you feel productive? So for one person, the feeling of productivity might come from cleaning their home, doing some laundry and getting the quick chance to sit down and read a new book. For another person, their productivity list might include ticking five things off their business to-do list. And for them, they might not even care if the house is a bit of a mess. The cool thing is that there's no right or wrong option here. You get to define what the term productivity means to you. So just to share with you my own experiences with productivity, when I first started blogging, I decided that I would be having a productive month if every month I simply wrote 20 blog posts and I created 100 fresh new graphics to promote on Pinterest. And I also wanted to email my list every week. And if I managed to get those things done, I felt like my month had been really productive. Now, nowadays, I still actually like to set really big monthly goals and they're always stretch goals. They need to take me outside my comfort zone. They need to scare me a little bit to think about the effort that it's going to take for me to achieve those goals. But at the same time, I also know that those goals are feasible if I work hard consistently on them. So 
to lack, let's just say, with the goal of writing and launching a book in a month. Is it feasible? Yes, definitely, because I've done it quite a few times myself. Will it be easy? Absolutely no freaking way. It is a tough job to do, but it can be done. And once you have these big stretch goals clearly defined, it's so much easier to break them down into the little steps and work consistently on it as often as I can. Now, just to give you a little idea of whether something is possible or not in a month or in a week or in a day, I always say to myself, if someone put a gun to my head, could I do it? Or if someone offered you a million dollars, could you do it? If I was to say to you, here's a million dollars, can you just write me this book? Now, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can just be 20,000 words, so it's less than a 1,000 words a day. Could you do that for me? Well, I'm telling you, there's a good chance that a lot of us would get up our bottoms and actually make it happen. It's so much easier to jump up and take action when you know the reward is immediate. And that's sometimes a tricky thing when it comes to goals. Sometimes we need to wait a while before we see the rewards. It's like sowing those seeds and sometimes you need to wait a little while before you reap the rewards. But can it be done? Well, just imagine if I said, if I put a gun to your head and you had to do it in a month, is it possible? There will be something that's not possible and there will be the stretch goals. I myself love to set those stretch goals, not the goals that are too easy to do, but the ones that take me outside my comfort zone. Now, I know that a lot of people seem to think that their everyday jobs seem to get in the way of them achieving their dreams. I just want to point out that when I first started writing, I had a little baby newborn and a toddler and I was a totally sleep deprived mom. I could only squeeze in 90 minutes of writing a day. I would work from 7 o'clock, which is when I got by both my kids down to sleep, until 8.30 p.m. because I couldn't work any later. I had to turn off the computer then and go straight to sleep because I knew that I was going to have to wake up a few times during the night to breastfeed. And if I didn't get enough sleep, I would not be functioning like a normal human the next day. So back then, my books took a little longer to complete, but that's okay. That was just the time and season of my life where I need to be focused more on the family children. I'm staying rested and sane and writing. I just did the little bit that I could. And then when I started my parenting website, so it was Inspiring Life Dreams. I started at the end of 2017. It was December. I remember just before Christmas. I was still working in a busy job that consumed my time from the moment the kids were dropped off at school until school pickup. And after that, I had all the typical kid and household stuff that needs to be done. You just can't ignore it. But I still made sure back then to wake up every morning early. I used to wake up at five o'clock and I used to put in two hours of work then. And then later on in the evening, when the kids were sort of winding down for the night, I would put in another two hours of work. It was eight o'clock to 10 o'clock. And I did it then because I knew I didn't have the opportunity to do it during the day. But could I wake up at five o'clock and work two hours? Definitely. It was possible. And could I give up some of that TV time in the evening and watching Netflix to focus on my goals for two hours? Yes, I could. And that's, so that's what I did. But this was easier for me to do because I had my goals clearly defined for me. I knew what I wanted to achieve. And it's so much easier to be productive when you know exactly what it is that you want to achieve each day or each month or each year. So take the time now to think about how this might apply to you. If you were being truly productive in your life right now, how would you be spending your time differently? What do you keep hoping will make it onto your to-do list for the days and you want it to be a priority, but you keep on bobbing off? So take the time to write down a list. Be really specific with the things that you're hoping to include in your day that would make you feel productive, whether it's doing some daily exercising or working on a specific goal or just taking action on something that needs to be done. So come up with a realistic daily list of tasks that would equal a productive day or week to you. List them all out, be really clear, and then you can begin working on how to incorporate these tasks 
into your day. Which brings me to my fourth tip, which is eliminating the time wasters. So I think it is so important to acknowledge the fact that the reason that we don't always do the things that we want to do in our day is because we give priority to different things, often time wasters, and those time wasters eat up our time. So some examples of time wasters include spending time on social media, unnecessary interruptions, unnecessary chatting with family and friends on the phone, constantly checking emails, being distracted, having a lack of motivation, the inability to say no to others, or attending meetings that we don't really need to attend, or having the lack of a system, or trying to please everyone, or just having this indecision where you're so confused about how to proceed. And then there's the most obvious example of Netflix and TV. Now, I should actually note, I love Netflix, but I don't use it as a tool to distract myself from my tasks. I use it as a reward when I need a break and when I've actually accomplished all the things that I want to do. And just to finish off the list, it's the constant attention to new, urgent, but unnecessary tasks or just doing things that aren't really necessary or important. So these time wasters are often things that we hold tight onto and we justify in our heads why they're really important. We have to do them. But if you're familiar with Stephen Covey's fabulous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, then you will know that all of the tasks that we do in our days fall into four groups. So Stephen Covey called these groups quadrants and he postulated that all the tasks are either one, urgent and important, two, urgent and not important, three, important and yet not urgent, and the final fourth one was not important and not urgent. Now, you can probably work out which of these quadrant tasks we can comfortably aim to give less attention to, and that's obviously the ones that aren't important and aren't urgent. Those are tasks that you can ditch right now. You can stop making them a priority in your life and spending hours focused on them because they are not what you should be working on if you're trying to be productive. In an ideal world, we'd be attending to the important and urgent tasks first and then making sure to have time for our important and yet not urgent tasks over those that are urgent and yet not important. Sometimes I like to imagine these tasks as being like little children. Let's just say you have the first child. Now, they don't make it obvious to you. They're really quiet and obedient and they sit there waiting patiently for your time and attention. They desperately need it, but they don't make it obvious. And then you have another child that comes along and they start waving their hands around, you know, crazy, like, pick me, to me first. And many of us get distracted by that screaming, crazy child who's trying to get your attention. We turn our focus to them and we tend to what they need to do because they made it so obvious that they wanted us right now. But the truth of the matter, you eventually discover this, is that kid who was raving mad and trying to get your attention, who was asking you to do something that didn't really matter, that didn't have to happen right now. You only turned your focus to him or her because they were going crazy saying, I need you, I need you, help me. And what ends up happening is that you give them your attention. That poor little kid in the background who was waiting ever so patiently for you and who would really benefit from your time and affection, who desperately needs it more, goes unnoticed for yet another day. So take the time now to figure out what group your daily tasks fall into. Every single task that you do can fall into one of those four groups. So you have only a limited time each day to focus on things. And it's really vital that you make the time for the things that are really important. Being productive is all about giving your attention and focus to your priority and important tasks. Now, one really good example is obviously exercise. Now, for many of us, this falls into the important 
but not urgent category. Now, of course, it's important that we take care of our health, that we spend our time moving our bodies and getting re-energized, being fit. It's always time well spent in the long run. Because it isn't truly urgent, it's often kicked to the wayside. Remember that kid that got ignored? It's the same thing for exercise. We turn our attention instead to tasks that are urgent and yet not important, like answering emails or accepting a call from another friend or attending a meeting that didn't really matter in the long run. If you want to be more productive, you need to learn to work out how to give priority to the things that are truly important in your life. So here's one scary thing that I discovered during my work on productivity. Did you know that just wasting 15 minutes a day, whether it's scrolling through social media or running to the shops to get some more bread, even though it really could wait until tomorrow, wasting just 15 minutes every day accumulates to a total of 5,475 minutes wasted every year. Not kidding here. That's 91 hours or 3.8 days. When I learned these statistics, I was like gobsmacked. Seriously, that's four days a year that we waste on completely unnecessary tasks. And that's only if you're wasting 15 minutes a day. I remember when I consciously decided I was going to work on that. I was going to stop running to the shops to get some essentials that needed topping up, even though technically it probably could have waited until my weekly grocery shop. And to be honest, I think I was spending more like 45 minutes taking that little trip out to the shops to get something that I thought I really needed. Didn't really, but I acted as if that was a priority. And when I crunched those numbers, just 45 minutes of wasted time doing things that I didn't really need to do, I couldn't believe that that's 12 days out of the year, just running around doing things that didn't really need to be done. Part of that might have been even social media use. 45 minutes a day of wasted time is 12 days out of your year. Just think about what you could do with those 12 days. I mean, people wait for 12-day holidays, don't they? And here you are just wasting it. So if you're spending even just 30 minutes a day on your social media, that equals eight days over the course of a year. And if you spend closer to one hour on wasteful tasks, that's closer to 15 days a year. It really is. The numbers don't lie. Just imagine that those two weeks out of your life, they're wasted on things that you don't really need to do and that you could avoid doing if you better manage your time. So for me, I knew that I had to work really hard on consciously identifying these time wasters, the things that were wasting my time, and come up with a strategy to ensure that I could minimize or just get rid of those time waster activities altogether. So I had more time to focus on the things that really matter. Which brings me to my last point. My last tip is understanding the difference between being busy and being productive. So I have to be honest with you. It took me way too long for this penny to drop. For ages, I personally confused being busy as being productive when they are not the same thing. Instead, they're two distinctly different modes of behavior. So let me explain how feeling productive is not the same as being productive. Now, many people think because they are busy that they are productive, but it's not the same thing. When you are being truly productive, you have a mission for your life and few priorities, whereas busy people seem to have lots on their plates and many priorities. Busy people always jump to say yes, whereas productive people are slow to jump and they think a lot before they have to agree to something. They take their time. They just want to make sure that what they're committing to is aligned with their long-term goals. Now, busy people are always moving, whereas productive people think before they act. Busy people complain about how much work they're doing, whereas productive people don't need to talk about it. They just let their results prove or show everything. Productive people also make time for what is important, while busy people don't have time for anything. 
Productive people are also focused. And instead of just talking about how they can make a change, they make those changes happen. They actually make them happen. They're taking action. Being busy is often an excuse not to get the important things done. People use it to justify why they're late, why they can't do something, or ironically, why they're getting so little done. Are you hearing me? Is this ringing truth? I totally get it. I hear people say that they're busy all the time. And do they have anything to show for it? Not always the case. They might be doing a lot of things, but not really doing anything that's taking them closer to their dreams. So just coming back to this comparison of being productive versus being busy. Being busy is when you fill up your time with tasks rather than prioritizing the important stuff. So when you work without a system and you tackle random tasks without giving any thought to their urgency or whether they even are important. Being busy is when you spend a lot of time doing things that don't really matter. You think you're doing something and that you are keeping yourself busy and because you're keeping yourself busy that you're accomplishing something really special, but it isn't always the truth. Now, productive people, on the other hand, know exactly what they want and they go for it. They use systems to track their progress and they work on the most important things first. They are selective with their use of time and resources and figure out how to spend less time getting more work done. It's all about working smarter and not always working harder. Being productive means that you're accomplishing tasks that will get you closer to meeting your goals. It means that you have those clear goals clearly defined and that you know what you need to work on. So running around like a headless chook without focus or a clear direction does not necessarily mean that you are being productive. Now, Ernest Hemingway once said, never mistake motion for action. You might be busy, but it doesn't mean you're actually achieving something worthwhile in your life. When it comes to your dreams, you need to be fueled by ambition and drive. So take control of your situation instead of letting it control you. Don't just do stuff. I want you to get the important stuff done. Now, this has required me having to get really clear on my goals. I have had to reduce the time that I spend on indecision. I have become so good with just trusting my gut instinct and making a definitive decision quickly. I just commit. I've also mastered the art of batching. I am obsessed with batching my tasks and also prioritizing the tasks in my day already. I choose to do the most important things first. I choose to view time as a precious commodity that I do not want to waste. I don't want to waste my time because in the end, it would mean that I'm wasting my life. I have been forced to step up and become more intentional with my time. The time that I spend with my family, I try to make it count. The time I spend on my work, I try to make it count. I always think in terms of my end goal and what do I want to produce? What do I want to get out of that time I'm spending? When it comes to writing, I just don't want to spend two hours writing. I want to produce 2,000 words in that time. When it comes to spending time with my family, I don't just want to be there in their presence feeling distracted by my phone or other work tasks. I want to clear my mind and try to be present in that moment, listening to them, engaging with them, doing something special, whether it's going out or doing something fun. I want to make really good use of that precious time that I have at my disposal. Now, to be honest, I could go on and on about the importance of living life more intentionally because how we spend our minutes is how we spend our days and how we spend our days is how we spend our months and our years. And I always try to keep my end goal in mind. What do I actually want to achieve at the very end? And then I like to work backwards. I like to think about all the baby steps that I'm going to need to get to that point. And then I action those baby steps one step at a time. 
And even though I speak a lot about the fact that being productive usually means that you are producing results, I think it's really important to make the time for rest and play. This is such an overlooked component of productivity. Many of us think that if we keep on working harder, if we don't have a break, we'll be producing so much more, but it doesn't always work that way. For our mental health and sanity and for our physical health, we need to give priority to the other things that matter, which is taking care of yourself. Self-care is such an important part of productivity. And I actually encourage you to schedule it into your diary. When are you going to have a break? Put those times in your diary. I really can't actually even overstate how important it is to take care of yourself in order to be productive. So these five steps, number one was deciding it isn't too hard. It is in fact possible for you. Number two was my ability to stop making excuses. Number three was getting clear on these goals that I have. Number four was eliminating the time wasters. And number five was understanding the difference between busy and being productive. Those five steps have really dramatically increased results I have in my life. And it all comes down to being more intentional with your time and taking action on the things that are truly important to you. And most importantly, it's respecting time because it really is our most valuable resource. So I do hope that these ideas encourage you to also be more productive with your time. And I wish you the best of luck with this endeavor. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this podcast. I love and appreciate you all. And I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. Until later, take care and dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friend.